Take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. My name is Zivi Kivi and this is Season 1, Chapter 2 of the Balloon Artist Podcast. You can find more about the previous chapter on the balloonartistpodcast.com. In the previous chapter, we have discussed with Sue Boller and explored the ways to improve your income as a balloon artist through doing some decor work. Today, we will talk with Patrick Vandeven. Patrick Vandeven is a very seasoned, experienced and awesome twister. And he will talk about the line work and how to revolutionize the way that you do line work. The main idea is this. If your content is top notch, if you're giving a great service to your customers, like giving an improved, revolutionized line work, then your customer will be happy and come back to you. So this is why we want to use this opportunity and learn on better ways of how to do line work. I want to also use the opportunity and tell you a little bit about myself before we go into the interview. I'm Zivi Kivi. I am a certified balloon artist. I'm a magician that performs to birthday events and corporate events. And I'm also a twister, which is something that I really love to do. Being a twister is something that makes me feel like this is the real magic in the world. So, without further ado, let's hear Patrick Vandeven and his way of doing the line work. Today, I'm with Patrick Vandeven from the Netherlands. I got to know Patrick uh, back when he was lecturing in Israel's convention for balloon artists called Balloonland back in 2013. And I had the pleasure of also learning from Patrick about his wonderful wearable designs on the WBC uh, 2014. Uh, so uh, without further ado, I would like to welcome Patrick Vandeven. Hi, Zivi. Hi. Hi, everyone. Uh, so b- before we go into the interview, uh, Patrick, why won't you tell us a little bit about your experience as a lecturer and as a balloon artist? Okay, well, uh, my experience as a lecturer first, um, I started uh, attending balloon conventions back in 2005 with Millennium Jam. And after that, I wanted to teach at conventions uh, too. So uh, I taught at Diamond Jam, uh, Twist and Shout, Sunny Twist and Deco, France. You already mentioned Balloon Land in Israel. Um, I was in Taiwan at the TBAM. And in the UK at the David Grist Memorial. And upcoming is a lecture in Hamburg, uh, Germany, uh, in November. So that sounds very impressive. You've taught in many, many conventions. I wish I could have just attended so many conventions. And uh, as for your uh, balloon artist uh, repertoire, can you share with us what kind of gigs do you take and what do you do in your day-to-day work? Okay, well, first of all, I'm a full-time balloon artist, and um, mainly I do two types of of parties, Uh, one being the private party, so family events or birthday parties, and the other one would be uh, like a big event, uh, like a corporate event, or something with a big audience. So that's the two main different sort of gigs that I do. Awesome. 
So let's talk from the small to the big. So let's start with the birthdays. Can you share with us uh, how does a birthday looks like in the Netherlands? Because I remember talking with you back in 2013 about how um, you have pretty reasonable amount of kids uh, in each show in your, in your birthday repertoire. So tell us how a birthday will look like. Yes, well, there are two, uh, two types of birthday parties, actually. Uh, we have a small party that is held during the week, so after school hours. And usually there are like maybe 10 kids. And the other party is in the weekends, and people will invite their family, and the kids are usually between 10 and 30 in number. So still a, a small number of kids. And the birthday party that I would do during the week is like a small package for 10 kids. And the kids also behave differently after school compared to a family event. And the reason for that, I think, is that uh, after school, um, the birthday child will, uh, will invite the, the classmates and they all know each other very well. And usually they're very sugar rushed. So they're kind of busy. And the goal for me at a birthday party after school is to have some activities with the kids. So they will learn different circus skills like Diablo, Chinese spinning plates, uh, flower sticks, just to, um, to use their energy more, so to speak. How long will, will that part of the event will take? Um, usually I'm uh, two hours present at a birthday party during the week. I take some heat off of parents, some stress off of parents for two hours. So that's the main uh, goal for a birthday party during the week. If I compare it to uh, like a family event or a birthday party uh, on Saturday, for instance, where there will also be family present, uh, I, use, I, I use a different approach because then it's, it's not about babysitting the kids, but more uh, about showcasing balloon art and uh, letting uh, wearable balloon sculptures roam around the party to create a festive atmosphere. So uh, I really make a difference between a small party after school and something that is held in the weekend. There are, I have two different goals for that, so to speak. Yes. And apart from big sculpture for the birthday kid, do you, what kind of things will the rest of the kids get? We have a simple animal. And uh, also, I'd like to do a small workshop where they, uh, where they will learn the basic dog. So they have a, uh, a balloon animal they made themselves and something that I made for them. So basically, each kid will get two things, one made by himself and the other made by you. That's correct, yes. And the birthday kid will also get, in addition, a surprise. Yeah, at the very end... Uh, he or she will get a very big uh, sculpture, usually about a meter high or uh, just as high as the kid himself. That's, uh, you know, that's very interesting because I use the same tactic of making a balloon sculpture for the birthday kid, yes. but I, I never make it as a, really as a surprise. I make sure that the kid will choose uh, the big sculpture in advance by himself. 
yes. so that uh, I will make sure that he's getting something that he really, really likes. Uh, what do you think? Well, um, uh, I do the same thing, only I ask uh, the parents. Uh, so when they do the booking, uh, one of my questions will be, uh, where is it held, of course, the address, and also what would the birthday kid like to have as a surprise? So that's part of my uh, final questions that I need to know for the party. And uh, so for you, it's important that it will be a surprise for the kid. Uh, yes. did, did this ever uh, occur to you that uh, uh, there was a, a, a backfire where the kid said, oh, but I wanted a dog, I didn't want a cat or something like that? Uh, it never happened like that. No, I usually ask the parents uh, to really uh, think about what uh, their kid would want to have. And mm. usually they give me two ideas, so I, I still have the luxury of choosing one of the two ideas that I uh, will start making uh, out of balloons. Interesting. But, uh, yes, he or she is always uh, very happy with uh, with surprise balloon. And do you make anything uh, like any... Uh, show out of uh, bringing out the balloon or is it more like hey I make you a gift this is for you it's, it's a little bit of show uh, I have it bagged in a big plastic bag and I uh, get it out upside down so the feet first and in the end the head comes out and then I turn it upside down and they will know what it is so uh, sometimes I do a little guessing game so they have to guess what it will be what comes out of the bag so it's, it's a little bit of entertaining. So I, I don't just present the surprise. Yes. Cool. That's definitely an interesting uh, event. So what's different between the family show and in, and in terms of the balloons that you make and how are you getting ready for the family show? Tell us all about that. Okay, so the the birthday party in the weekend or the family event in the, in the weekends uh, they are usually uh, visited by more kids and parents also so um, then I would like to make uh, big deluxe sculptures that really um, inject extra color into the atmosphere of the party that's the goal uh, on those kind of gigs and um, usually the time is limited uh, the kids are limited also like 10 to 30 kids, but uh, my time there is usually uh, uh, too limited to make uh, each and every sculpture live on the spot. So what I'd like to do is prepare sculptures in advance. So when my gig is Saturday, I usually start on Thursday by uh, preparing sculptures. It's like a little mini jam with yourself. You're just trying out new ideas and just putting them in a bag and uh, each sculpture would be prepared for about 80%. And at the gig itself, I finish with the last 20%. And I can still make a big sculpture in about five minutes, maybe mm -hmm. 10 minutes. But it's, uh, I can show more sculptures in the limited amount of time. And do you know in advance what will you make during the event? That's uh, uh, no, I don't know. I, I can't foretell uh, what they would like. So I try to make a mix of everything. So uh, usually there's some, uh, there are some sculptures for the smaller kids, uh, three, four years old, and some uh, some sculptures for the for the uh, uh, bigger kids. So I'd like to have uh, something 
for each uh, age and gender. What do you do when uh, a toddler approach with his uh, mother or father and uh, you see that the kid is very, very young, like a baby, basically, maybe one and a half years old, maybe two years old? Uh, would you give him a balloon? Well, my, my rule is if the kid can ask uh, for the balloon itself, he or she would be old enough. And as long as the kid cannot talk, it's just too young. I have a kid from my, uh, I have a son uh, uh, myself. He's nine months old now. He likes to put everything in his mouth and it's just not wise to give a young child a balloon. So I, so, I don't do it. Yeah. Do you, do, how do you explain it to the parent? Um, I don't want to be too, too much like a police officer. I do want to explain why it is important that a kid cannot get a balloon. Um, and usually the parents will understand. I see. You told me before that uh, you had a, a method of uh, not using the line. Yes. Uh, in, instead, uh, you use a chair. Tell us, tell us the details of this uh, system of yours, because that's very interesting. Yes, so uh, um, usually a balloon twister will uh, do line work. Uh, a line will naturally form uh, in front of the twister, a line of kids, and uh, you will do line work. That, that's the, the, the most common way of, of working, I think. And 95% of what I do is not line work. Uh, that means that the kids will gather around me and there is no order and no line. And I also, and this is very important, I explain my way of working to the parents using a, a chalkboard. And I have written on uh, some rules that I put on top of my suitcase so parents can read uh, my small set of rules and my way of working. So they know what to expect and what not to expect. And this is very important because if you would not do that, um, you may dissatisfy uh, children or parents because they expect that you make a balloon while it's not. So I think as balloon artists, we are like jugglers, like we, we are juggling expectations from parents. If you have the rules clearly explained, the parents will certainly read it and they will appreciate it because they will tell about the way of working to their kids. I remember Guido Verhoef um, having a line saying uh, something like, don't promise your child a balloon, I don't do that myself, which basically means that not every kid will get a balloon and that the balloon artist uh, will choose something from Uh, someone from the audience. And now I will get to the chair part. So as a balloon artist, you're normally uh, standing in front of an audience and there are two sides. So you're on the one side as a single person and on the other side is the big mass, the, the crowd, lots of people, and they're all putting demands on that single person, which is you. That, that can be a very unhealthy relation. If you're low on energy, for instance, you can easily get trapped in that expectations from the crowd. So uh, I'd like to put in a third element, which is chair, that I either bring myself or I get it from the person who hires me. 
and I invite one child onto the chair. I usually pick one from the audience myself. And I will have a dialogue with that one child and the audience will watch. So um, what that does is it takes some heat off of me because I can have uh, interaction with, uh, with the one kid on the chair and I can um, ask him or her what uh, he or she would really like to have or um, I can start asking questions and make a surprise that he or she will like. So that's usually um, um, how I start uh, a gig. And what could happen is that I will let my audience guess what I'm making. So they have to put effort into it. So it will not become just a free balloon. It's not a freebie, which is worth nothing. Because if you get something for free, it's worth nothing. So they have to guess what I'm making, and then it becomes valuable because it's a prize they can win. The kid who guesses what I'm making for the child that is currently on the chair will get the second balloon. So the first child has the surprise balloon. He or she gets away. Then the second kid comes up onto the chair. So it's the winner of the guessing game. And I will make something for that uh, child again. And the whole process starts all over again. That's so interesting. So basically... The, the audience in the, the audience is engaged in the show because they are playing a guessing game and there is a prize for the game which is to be the next one that sits on the chair yes correct yes and w- what would you do uh, at the last one like if you see that you're running out of time how would you stop the process um, well in the end um, 20 minutes before I end, Uh, I'll do a little workshop, and I pre-inflated about 40 uh, 260s, which I will then hand out. And um, usually that is enough uh, to take care of the last group of kids that are surrounding me. And by that time I start the workshop, I already closed my suitcase, so all the uh, deluxe balloons, so to say, are <laughs> out of sight, or they're, they're finished, they're They're gone. So I only, uh, I'm only left with the last 40 260s. And they're already pre-inflated, like I said. And we start making the basic three-loop twist dog. And it's, it's a simple balloon, but kids really like to make it themselves. And they still have something to take home. So uh, for me, that really works. Because let's say you're booked for uh, four hours at a gig. You start the first hour with lots of energy, lots of ideas, and you're very high on energy. But uh, when you've done three and a half hours, you still have half an hour to go. The balloon artist will usually be a bit uh, tired. You've run out of all your energy. But the audience, the demands will, uh, will have raised uh, enormously because by yeah. three and a half hours in the gig, Everyone knows where they should uh, be to win a balloon, to get one of those uh, luxe sculptures. So the demand after three and a half hours is very high, but your energy as, as a single balloon artist is very low. So yeah. uh, to, um, to cope with that in a good way, I um, came up with this simple workshop. 
And for me, that's just a routine to do. I can do that when I'm very tired. I can just <laughs> just uh, uh, um, spit out the text, <laughs> so to speak. Yes. And, um, and children will still like to make their own balloon animal. And by the end, when the time is up, I'm finished. My suitcase is already closed. The balloons are uh, are up. Uh, everyone has made uh, a balloon themselves, and satisfaction. Everyone satisfied. So there is uh, usually no parent anymore that will say, "Ah, he made me one more balloon." Sorry, you're too late. You had to uh, um, do the workshop. So that works very well. That's a very nice idea because. Even for the kids who waited and wanted the balloon, at least they did get a balloon dog that they made by themselves. Can you tell us a little bit more about the chalkboard? Okay, so uh, because I have a different way of working, I use a chalkboard that is uh, uh, put on top of my suitcase, on top of my balloon suitcase, so parents can read the rules all the time while I'm working. And that way uh, I don't have to explain myself all the time And uh, parents will, will read it anyway, because if there's a line that they can read, they will read it. <laughs> When I've uh, finished setting up, um, the rules are already visible, are already uh, readable, and uh, people that walk by, they will automatically read what is written on it. People are very cu uh, curious. So uh, that really works. Do you also personalize the chalkboard by... putting up the name of the kid or the date or something like that? No, because I don't use it at birthday party, but uh, at, uh, at a big event, like a festival, for instance. Is it possible for you to translate for us the, what you have on your chalkboard? Yes, yes. Uh, I'll get it for you uh, because I have it right here. Cool. I know the exact text. Hold on. I think he's going to bring the chalkboard. It's very interesting, this idea with the chalkboard. I think I should personalize it, though. Like, I, I would take the idea and also add some personalization, like okay. the name of a kid. Okay, I'm back. Okay, cool. So, um, the chalkboard that I use with my rules, it says, um, Dear people, dear folks, So uh, the first words has to be very kind, not offensive or, or li like a police officer. It has to be very friendly. So <laughs> just those two words, dear folks, very open. It has to be an open text. Uh, then it says, don't promise your kid a balloon, please. I cannot ful uh, fulfill that promise. And that's a line that I use from Guido Verhoop, who also used that line. So don't promise your child a balloon, please. I cannot fulfill that promise. Sometimes kids may guess what I'm making in a guessing game, and the child that guesses it correctly wins the sculpture. Usually I pick uh, someone from the audience myself. This means that there is no line and no order, exclamation mark. Do you really want a balloon for your kid? then please enter the workshop at 14 hours, 1400 hours, for instance. Uh, and then it says, enjoy the balloon art and my name, Balon Kunstenaar Patrick, which means something like balloon artist Patrick. 
So uh, these, uh, these lines will tell the parents what they can expect and how I work. I see. And do you also get sometimes people that will like ignore the sign, ignore the chalkboard and ask? Yes. And then what will you do? Uh, well, it's never, uh, whatever you try, it's never foolproof. In 97% of the time, it works perfectly. And those 3%, you will get people that just don't want to read the rules and, or think they do not apply to them. And um, it's not worth my time to, to explain it then. So uh, it's, it's not suitable for them then. Like, like if you go to a movie, it's like uh, from 18 years up or for, from 16 years up. So sometimes a movie is not suitable for every age. The same counts for my way of working. Uh, some people uh, will, will gladly uh, join the guessing game and then it's suitable for them. And if you're just standing in front of me and you want, uh, basically, you want basically a, a free balloon, then I'm not suitable for you. <laughs> it's like that, uh, I think. Uh, but is there something that you, talk, that you tell the... the that person or you have uh, another way to tell them that you're sorry but they're not going to get a balloon now i do not tell it uh, uh directly but i feel it like that <laughs> <laughs> if 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 i have explained the rules very clearly and i've, I've prepared the workshop for the very end i referred people to the workshop i've done everything in my power to make people uh, satisfied and to, to guide their expectations. And then still a parent will come up and try to mess it all up. Then, well, sorry, I cannot do anything more than that. I, I've done my bit and I'm not a superhero. I don't, have a, I don't have an S on my chest. I cannot fly. I don't have extra powers. I'm just one single Uh, human being and that's all I can do and I cannot give a balloon to every child that that will uh, <laughs> come see me <laughs> it's impossible and uh, yes. sometimes those parents will, will get the message sometimes they still won't get it they just want a balloon <laughs> that's all they want so well yeah don't don't go into discussion with those parents it's not worth your time and energy Just ignore them and hope they will go away. <laughs> yes. Just yesterday, I had a gig uh, where uh, we, me and another balloon artist friend, uh, Guy Sheffer, uh, yes. maybe you remember him. Yes. Uh, so Guy and me, we were working for four hours in a huge event, a corporate event. There were uh, thousands of kids, right? And of course, they had a lot of attractions. We were just one of the attractions, but... We did pretty big sculptures, like the biggest that you can may think of, like with 646s and quick links and uh, yes. headbands and really complicated, complicated stuff. So we told the audience that this is the last 20 minutes and that we are sorry, we are now going to, to make uh, simple balloons. And it was very hard to cope with their disappointment because they saw what we can do. And, uh, but they, they understood because they saw how hard we worked and it was very sun, a very sunny day. But then came this lady who didn't hear our explanation and didn't understand that the last guy in the line 
was holding a specific balloon that uh, says end of line. She was mad at us for not telling her in advance. So from her point of view, we didn't say the rules. And I think your chalkboard idea, well, at least could have given me a better excuse than say, uh, yeah, we said it 10 minutes ago. Instead of that, I could have shown her that uh, the time was written in advance on the chalkboard. And also I think that the workshop idea is awesome because it, it allows you to basically finish up with satisfied people that did get the balloon eventually. And so I think those two ideas combined uh, for the, the twisting gigs uh, with the large audience, they are very, very smart. I really think uh, it's a good idea. Okay, Patrick, so we've discussed about the tip about the chair and about the chalkboard um, uh, tip about what you write in there, which is really awesome ideas. I definitely want to implement that uh, for my for, for when I do uh, uh, some fairs and uh, do some line works there. And uh, I would like to ask you about the way that you make balloons in advance for the big gigs, like the corporate gigs or the weekend, birthdays, family events. Can you share with us um, how much time do you invest in advance? Uh, you said you make 80% items. So, so how many items do you make that are 80% ready? Okay, well, um, first of all, this habit of uh, preparing stuff in advance to a gig started when I uh, started with balloons also. It was like uh, I was jamming with new ideas and I brought them in a bag to the gig. And it's something that I uh, kept doing for almost all the time. And colleagues of mine, they think I'm crazy <laughs> that I put in all the effort. But um, it, it's like playing uh, with new concepts and jamming. And if you can, can bring them to the gig and try out how the new idea works, that might give me a new idea to build upon that gives extra value for me. So um, I will get uh, something extra out of that gig in terms of ideas and designs. So uh, now to your real question, how much do I prepare for one uh, gig? Say I have a corporate event that takes four hours, then I approximately prepare 20 to 30 items and these, these are about 80% finished, and the last 20% I uh, finish uh, live on the spot. Uh, that doesn't mean that I don't make uh, uh, sculptures completely uh, from scratch uh, at the gig. Of course, I also do that because I like to improvise. Uh, for instance, if there is a kid in front of me wearing a Plains t-shirt, I, yes, I, I want to make him a Plains. So, um, there's also room for spontaneous uh, ideas, but because I prepared uh, lots of extra sculptures, I have a rough guideline of how I want to um, how I want to do it. And uh, did it happen for you that after a kid got the big sculpture, the one that you've pre-made, uh, then after that uh, everyone wants the same one? Sometimes, not very often though. 
because um, people or, or kids may uh, may not ask for the same wearable minion that I do, for instance, or they just want also they also want a hat, so they don't ask for the the specific uh, uh, character, but they also might want to have a hat of a famous character or an animal. So in in that way, it it does help to um, to make the hats very popular amongst kids. I see. In Israel, for example, uh, all the kids will ask for one of the f- first three items that they saw. Ah, yes. so, <laughs> so if you have a policy for always making new things, then you'll be fine. Uh, but uh, it's, it's uh, actually a challenge for us here. That's true. But I also have a rule uh, that I don't do uh, requests. Right. And uh, except, of course, like the example I gave, if there's a kid with a T-shirt with an imprint of a famous character, I would like to make that character. That's that's the best thing you can do. But I, I don't make the uh, same characters uh, in a row. It, it, yeah. it doesn't make me happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the audience will, will see that the second uh, character is less interesting to watch and for me less interesting to build. Right. Uh, I, I agree. Yes. Uh, so do you, do you have any approximate number of how many sculptures you will make in, a, in the gig on the overall? Yes, that's a good question. If you do a line work, you can do lots of balloons in an hour. I make approximately five to eight sculptures in an hour. And that means I'm intensively working that hour, the whole hour. I'm interacting with the audience and kids are uh, using the guessing game to guess what I'm making. And so five to eight sculptures approximately in an hour time. And no repetition on the four hours event? Like you won't do a few things the same? Well, just maybe a few, maybe uh, a few monkeys that are the same. You cannot um, have four hours of only exclusive yeah, things. So I, I do repeat a few things, but they're kept to the minimum. Awesome. Awesome. That's very interesting. So, Patrick, I know you've published uh, several PDFs lately in the last few months, I would say. How much is it, like in the last year or so? I started uh, uh, last summer, so uh, 2014. Uh, cool. With my first PDF, and the reason for that is um, I, I got a lot of re- uh, requests and questions on Facebook and through email uh, about people uh, loving my stuff and want to know if there is an instruction available. If I have a DVD or, or some some other form of instructional, so I decided to uh, start doing PDFs again because uh, I like I prefer doing a PDF uh, over a, a DVD production because that's a lot of time and effort and with a PDF file I can uh, choose my own time on when I'm working on it so for me that's that's the obvious choice to uh, to present my uh, uh, instructions to other twisters and yes. uh, by now I have made I've published five uh, different uh, sculptures five different tutorials so uh, the first one was the seagull, uh, which is very nice. Uh, I often do that at a gig because it's the perfect animal for a guessing game because everyone knows seagull, but they would never think of it. 
So if you make it live in front of an audience, it's a little bit of it's a little tricky because of the raisin twist that's in there. Yeah, I just wanted to ask, like, if you have a few ready-made uh, raisin twists. <laughs> uh, actually, um, I have uh, pre-made raisins, so I don't knot them uh, live. I already have them uh, pre-made. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So so you put them. Uh, in front of the audience inside the balloon or they are already in the balloon? Uh, I put them in, but uh, usually not in a way they can see it. So it's still a bit hmm. of mystery how those two balloons get attached to each other. Awesome. And that's like a little bit of magic. Yes. So the first one was the seagull. Yes. And then there was uh, a lion, I think. This weird lion, uh, I think that's the third one, but that's okay. I had another uh, a lion indeed. A very nice lion yes. because I it's, it's very hard to make a good lion sculpture or for instance a tiger um, lots of balloon animals have been covered already by the industry but a good tiger or a good lion I haven't seen the perfect lion yet or the perfect tiger there are yeah. a few good attempts but it, we haven't covered it yet so that's an animal that's still very challenging to do so I came up with this lion and It's, it's not very complicated, but it's very useful for a boy who wants a tough animal that still looks cute. So Yeah, I think uh, a lion is actually, it's, it's a challenge to do it right, you know, to do it uh, impressive. Yes. So you might have a, a tiger design and then you try to add some hair to it, but it's not always very... Uh, clean looking, you know. Correct, because um, that's that's where the mistake is. Actually, a, a tiger is, or a lion is not a tiger with manes. It's, there is uh, certainly a different type of head, head shape to a tiger or a lion. So, um, cool. So that, that's and, I chose for the lion. Yeah, and uh, there is also a, a monkey or a chimpanzee. Yes, uh, it's an orangutan. Right. And um, the reason for the orangutan, for all the tutorials actually, I want to make an instruction of a uh, more original animal. So uh, we have lots of balloon monkeys already, mm -hmm. great monkeys, but uh, there is no orangutan yet. So that's why I published an orangutan, just for that reason. Interesting. And uh, you also published the planes? Yes. It's... Um, It's actually it is a concept I started in 2013, I guess, by the end of 2013. And since then, it has evolved to a better shape and an easier-to-make plane. I make a skipper. It's actually a side character from the movie, but you can make the main character as well or other characters changing the colors and the proportions of the design. Yes. And uh, the last one is uh, Odie. Yes, um, um, a friend of mine, he suggested, well, you've done uh, some animals now, maybe you can make a cartoon character. And uh, I know that there's already a perfect Garfield uh, around, perfect balloon Garfield, but uh, there wasn't a perfect Odie yet in the same, uh, same style, the same quality. So I came up with that. Is that something that you can do, uh, like, maybe in 8 to 10 minutes? Well, the Audi is, uh, for me also, is still a bit complicated. Uh, that's something I would do at home, 
in the comfort mm-hmm. of my own home. I, I haven't dared to try it live yet. But <laughs> I, I guess if you um, practice it a lot, you can do it, of course. But okay. like, like the seagull, the lion, planes, and orangutan, I make live. Awesome. Yes. Okay. And you were also very generous and offered us a discount for a bundle uh, where uh, you can basically buy all five and get uh, a very good price for it. So can you share with us, please? Yes, of course. So if, um, if you want to buy all five tutorials, it would normally cost you 37 US dollars. And now uh, it would cost you 30 dollars. And this, um, this is valid for three months uh, after the broadcast. That's really so awesome and generous of you. And by taking on this uh, opportunity, you really can go into Patrick's head and see how he uh, jams uh, with his balloons and how he uses advanced techniques in ways that creates very... Very clean designs, I must say. So thank you for that, Patrick. I really appreciate uh, your offer. You're welcome. Uh, so, Patrick, what should uh, our uh, listeners should do if they want to get in touch with you and purchase the PDF bundles of uh, five PDFs for 30 US dollars? Okay, well, they can best contact me on Facebook, send me a friend request, but uh, also uh, put some text in the request because I get a lot of requests And if you uh, put text in, I know you're serious. And um, you can then approach me uh, also by email. My email address, uh, pgdven73 uh, at hotmail.com. And we'll also put a link to your Facebook user and your email on our show notes on our website. So if you send Patrick a friend request and you... Put a few lines of text to explain uh, who you are, and then you can tell him the secret code for this bundle. Yes. And the code would be? You, you tell it. <laughs> uh, so the code, the code would be balloonartistpodcast.com. And we'll also write that down in the show notes and indicate the time limit, which basically would be three months after this goes live. Sounds so, perfect. Uh, Patrick, if people want to see your work, where do you recommend them to go? Well, the most uh, uh, recent pictures are on my Facebook page. You can also uh, check out my portfolio. It's uh, at balloonhq.com. And uh, the URL is uh, patrick.balloonhq.com. And a lot of photos are visible there. And the, the yeah. most recent ones, uh, also taken during gigs with kids wearing their balloons, are on my Facebook page. So I really have to emphasize here, because I know your work uh, for a few years now, so I need to explain also to the listeners, like, if you want to see Patrick's amazing bird designs, which I really take my hat off, those are awesome work of uh, all kinds of birds, Uh, those in, are included uh, both in Balloon HQ and in the Facebook page. Uh, but if you want to see some twisting and some real work that Patrick is doing on his gig, then Facebook is the place to go. Is that right? That's correct. Yes, absolutely. Cool. So, Patrick, in, I, I 
I thank you again for your time and uh, for uh, the off the for the uh, generous offer of uh, all five PDFs uh, for thirty dollars. And uh, by the way, Patrick, uh, what will happen if you take out a new PDF in the meantime? So can they choose any five PDFs? Yes, that's a good idea. Um, if I have a new PDF out, so you could choose between six tutorials. So you can choose five out of six. Yes. Awesome. So I also encourage you to make more PDFs because they are really good content and they are very generous in details. I also remember some bonuses that you've made uh, to the Seagull PDF. So really, uh, thank you for uh, your effort in creating a new and uh, very top-notch designs. Thank you. Yes, uh, um, I will certainly make more PDFs, but um, I can share this with the listeners. Each PDF takes about uh, one to three months to make from uh, start to finish. And um, I make these usually during the last hours in a day. And so it takes a lot of time and effort to do it right. I, I, I could make a PDF in like a day, but it wouldn't be the same quality. So I want to make it, uh, it has to be uh, a foolproof. Everyone has to be able to follow along with the steps. So I take great effort in making a perfect PDF file. And uh, I can testify for that, that uh, they are uh, very detailed and very easy to learn from. Well, thank you. I'm glad to hear that. Cool. So it's been very interesting to talk with you, Patrick, and uh, see you soon. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Wow, what an awesome interview. Patrick really nailed it and gave so much golden nuggets. Here are my three main takeaways from the interview. The first one is about using the chair. Using the chair for someone to sit on while he's waiting for his sculpture and putting him in the middle between you and the audience. That's a really clever idea and also an opportunity to bring more value and to actually make it into an entertainment situation and not just giving out balloons. The second takeaway is about the sign, that uh, chalkboard idea that uh, Patrick is using. Look, if you can emphasize to your prospects and emphasize to the people that are standing in the line uh, what are your rules, then using the sign is a great way to do it. And also it's a great branding opportunity where you can basically put your details on that chalkboard or whatever on the sign or roll-up that you decide to use. The third takeaway is the one that I've implemented immediately into my shows, and that is the balloon workshop at the end of the line walk. Listen, guys, this works. It's a great opportunity to give more value to your prospects and to your customers because they not only get a line walk, they also get a balloon workshop at the end. And at the end of the event, they have a situation where everyone are getting balloons, they're doing it together. And just by changing those last 20 minutes into a balloon workshop, this works really well. Patrick van de Ven was really generous and offered a bundle price for five of his PDFs for 30 US dollars. That's $30 instead of 37 And that's a very generous offer. I must say I took on his offer and his PDFs are awesome. They are really usable. I use it for hats. I use it for line work. I have to say they're really good. So I hope you take on 
on his offer and check that. That will help you improve the kind of sculptures that you do. And remember, when you are buying PDFs from balloon artists like Patrick Vandeven, you're actually supporting a balloon artist, one of our own, and you're helping him and supporting him and showing your appreciation. And that's something that we should all do, I think. And uh, definitely it was uh, the easiest 30 US dollars that I've spent. We are going to have a tip soon after the music. So stay tuned. Uh, this was the Balloon Artist Podcast. And you can find us at theballoonartistpodcast.com. See you soon, guys. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Welcome to the second chapter tip section. Today, I'm going to talk about the website Fiverr.com. That's five and then double R dot com. This site helps you find graphic designers, website designers, and all kinds of other freelancers to do your marketing work and to help you with your marketing. I'm using Fiverr for many years now for all kinds of small tasks like even logo designs, um, banner designs, website work, and so on. And uh, when you start to work with uh, um, a graphic designer and use the same one for multiple tasks, that gives you almost um, an entire branding to your copy and to your emails and to your uh, different uh, aspects of your marketing. And definitely you can check that at Fiverr.com. Uh, I recommend it uh, uh, is a great way to, to bootstrap your business and to start by investing uh, lower costs on your marketing materials and uh, even to get ideas about additional, uh, about additional options of how to market yourself. So I hope you've enjoyed the tip and I will see you soon in Chapter 3 of the Balloon Artist Podcast.